This episode is made possible by PwC. When you bring together human ingenuity, passion, and experience with the latest technology, the future starts to look a whole lot smarter, which is why the new equation is meeting the future of work today with ProEdge. Digitally upskill your entire organization to keep ahead of the curve and drive growth. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Yo, what up? This is Big Dave. Seat up. And we are the host of the podcast called Bow. Now, if you're looking for a podcast that's cool, that's chill, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I can just turn it on and hear some of the coolest, awesomest people on the podcast airwaves, this ain't the show for you. If you're looking for insanity, <laughs> randomness, <laughs> beer, pizza, and definitely sports and definitely music. And did I mention insanity? This is the show for you. Tell them about it, Dub. Yeah, we're sprinkling some sports every now and then. Every now and then. But if we hear me rant about movies and yep. my hatred for a lot of things, small, yep. that become big in my world, correct the ball. That's the show. We have a great time. You're going to have a great time listening to us. Dub, let them know where they can find us at. You can find us at www.ballsports.com. That's B-A-W-L. You guys know how to spell sports, right? Sports.com. Ballsports.com. Here's some of the website. Check us out. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Media, Google Play Podcasts, anywhere you like listening to podcasts, that's where you're going to find us at, ladies and gentlemen. So tune on in. Enjoy. I guarantee you. You're going to have a good time. And you'll walk away saying, what the hell did I just listen to? <laughs> Bow! That's what it was. Bow! You got to say it like Avery Johnson saying it. Darren Williams! Bow! Darren Williams! Darren! Pass the ball, Darren! Ballsports.com. Yeah, what he, what he said. Experience. Welcome to the experience. Welcome to the experience. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week we're on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I am your host, Delvin Cox, and with me this week on the podcast is, I don't even know if you call her a guest because she's always on the podcast with me now. 
I live here now. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Eric. How you doing? I'm good. I'm very excited about this podcast. And yeah, this one is gonna be cool because Eric will drive me crazy because she's like, "When are we gonna talk about Black Panther?" Yeah, we're gonna talk about Black Panther. I said, <laughs> "I've been talking about it with everybody. You're not doing it on your podcast." I said, "Okay, we're gonna do it now and <laughs> get this out of the way." So. With that being said, Erica, what was your thoughts on Black Panther? Let's we're getting right into it. All right. I don't care what anybody says. Black Panther to me is the best Marvel movie they've ever made. And I know that you said something on in in the sense that you don't feel that it was, but I believe it is. And I have justification here, okay? Okay. I, to be clear, I said it's in my top five Marvel movies. But we'll, we'll get into that. Logan is number one for you? No, 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 no. Logan's not in my top five. Oh, <laughs> he, he didn't even make the cut. <laughs> it's good, but I don't think I, I don't think I put it in my top five. I think it might fall right out of my top five. Okay. So, now that we mention it, let me just give you my top five Marvel movies. Okay. Number one, okay. which probably will never be changed, is Winter Soldier. Okay. Okay. I All love right. Winter Soldier. Right. I like it. I like it. I'm Number two. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number two is either Avengers. No, we'll go Avengers. Yeah, the first Avengers movie. Okay. Number three. Then now this is kind of where Black Panther falls in place. I think I would either go Black Panther or um, Civil War. Okay. I, I can't. Black Panther to me is the best Marvel movie there is. It is. <laughs> I'm gonna explain to you why later, but I, I definitely think it is. I can't even remember any of the movies anymore. I can't even remember how I feel about the movies because of my thought processes during them. Like when the movies would come out, like I get excited when you put more than one a superhero on a screen. I'm a sucker for yeah. that. Justice League got criticized to death, and I was just excited to see Wonder Woman and Aquaman and. Well, I'll tell you this. I like Justice League a lot. Me too. <laughs> Me I too. enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Me too. I was like, oh my God, this is great. But I understood the criticism and even more now with this movie. This movie is so well developed in the writing. I mean, I used to ask myself, what is, all right, first and foremost, if you have a movie that has more than one major character, it is so difficult to get everyone a background, have some good action scenes, and at the very same time, you know, bring it all together and and give an ending. That's hard to put into one film in two-hour span. So every time I watched the movies and they got criticized for one thing or the other, I used to be like, they got like five superheroes up there. How much of each superhero we're going to see, you know, like how much of their background and their story is going to come out. It's it, they're going to have to limit it and focus on just certain people and then find some way to like put them together to create a story. And like, it's not going to go deep. We're not going to hear about, you know, um, what, what is it they criticize about Justice League? Is there something about the Flash? They didn't know much about the Flash, and he was a little ditzy and whatnot. But I think they they wanted to to show that he was new and he was young, and they made him a little like he didn't know <laughs> what you know, to do. Think about the Flash, because I watched it again like this past week, and I mm-hmm. realized this that I didn't even think about. I think it's a cool little touch to him. The way he talks reflects what happened to him. 
he kind of talked like this anxious talk, like somebody who, like you would expect somebody who got struck by lightning to talk. Oh, right, right. I never noticed that. So I'm watching it. He, he has like this fast talking to dialect where he's talking like he's always anxious and nervous. And this, I, I'm watching like that's kind of cool. That is. That is. I never even noticed that. That is. But yeah, think and, and thank you for bringing that up because people don't even talk about that. They like criticize the daylights out of that movie. I think it was excellent. I I like the fact that it's a simple story. Unlike Batman vs Superman, which is so convoluted, it's ridiculous. That's another example. It was like, let's show Batman. All right, so I get the idea. They wanted to show Batman and 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 um and Superman as each other's villain where Batman is looking at Superman's destruction and saying, my God, he doesn't see what he's do. Does he not see that he's like horrible? And then you have Superman looking at the darkness behind the things that Batman is doing. Like, what was it? He was branding people. And he's like, this guy's an animal. And then, you know, they don't like each other, whatever, but eventually they got to join together. I understood the whole plot line. Um, There wasn't much about Wonder Woman's was like a cameo. She wasn't even like a character in the thing. No, that it was just Luther's convoluted plan where he has all this stuff. He that's the problem. Like, oh my god, what is he talking about? The aliens coming out of I don't know what he created. Some he created what's his name? Doomsday. He created Doomsday. He created Doomsday, which is crazy, out of the ship that uh, essentially out of Zod. Right, and I, I'm like, all right, I can't. That was just weird, and and he was. That whole thing was was strange, um, but yeah, I understood. I understood why everybody felt the way they did. But with Black Panther, the reason why I'm amazed by it is that they used their time so well that three characters have a full fleshed out background. You have a, huh? More than three actually have a fleshed out background, right? And they and the way that they did it was amazing. And then they have a full storyline. And the villain was complex, which is something that I forgot about. I mean, Apocalypse and, and, and uh, what was that, X-Men movie? X-Men Apocalypse, yeah. Yeah, um, this whole world domination thing. We have the habit of putting these super villains in this. Everybody wants world domination. And there's no backstory to it. There's no, it's just like, I'm here. I have powers. I want to be over the humans. And it's so boring. It is yeah. so boring. Killmonger is the most complex villain I've ever seen. And they did it with sentences. Like, just, he, there's these sentences, that, sentences, really small sentences that he says that totally, like, give him a, um, you understand everything. He, you don't even have to go into detail. They don't need a scene, nothing. Killmonger is an incredibly well-fleshed-out villain. And once I saw him and I saw how they made him and, and, and his arc, I was like, oh, this is where everybody's missing. This is the reason why the other movies don't work well. And now I yeah, understand. They did, they did a very good job. The fact that he's a complex character, but his story is simple. Because he comes off as a kid who just was wronged. Right. His people wronged him. Straight up. Before no we go two into that, damn, we're going everywhere. I don't even know where we're going to start. God. Well, this, I, this episode is specifically tailor-made for you. So <laughs> I am sitting back and letting you do your thing on this one. 
before you go into the Killmonger thing, I want to know what you thought about the all-black cast. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, and I think it's a big cultural moment for movies. Oh, yeah. In terms of, like, well, we've had black casts, but usually they're for, like, quote-unquote, quote, black movies. Yes. And they're very stereotypical, and it's the same thing over and over. Um, they do a lot of the Christmas movies and holiday movies. Everybody's family moves into one house, and it's usually a comedy, and it looks like something that Tyler Perry created. Yeah. And this is different. This, and is, this is different. Because even with the black superhero movies, like Blade, for example, Blade is not a black superhero movie. No. It's a superhero movie starring a black person. Yes. This literally is a black superhero movie. Yes. But it's done so well that it's culturally acceptable by everybody. Oh, yeah. Like, it, I don't know about... Did you see the video I tweeted out, like, a couple weeks ago where it was this little kid crying because he was because he was only half black? And he was like, I can't be Black Panther. I'm half black only. It's not like, no, but you're half, you're half black. It's okay. I want to be all black. <laughs> <laughs> He's too cute. I didn't see that. It's so adorable. I'm going to see if I can find it again and tweet it to you. But uh, yeah, it, it's funny because that's what this movie's done to people. Like, it's made people proud to be African American. I'm done with, with the stereotypes. Let me tell you something. I've said it before John Singleton movies which were to me classics, very well done. And, and Spike Lee to show, you know, the struggle of life and to, to really pinpoint certain things that the black community goes through. I totally am for that. My problem is that the, after a while, they've been pigeonholing these, these movies for black characters. And you either, yeah. and, if, and if it's not, if the character is not a main character and they're a side character, they're also pigeonholed into this. You're very either... You know, they can get rid of you easily. <laughs> you usually die within the first five minutes. Or you're there to serve a purpose to someone else. I am extremely happy that they went and they created a film where these people, I mean, because the Black people that I know are people who have full lives and who are, in, in a sense, superheroes. You know what I mean? They're yeah. capable of doing so much. Why is it that we're always showing people in the same in the same way, in the same lens. So it's really nice that they showed, and in turn, look at how they showed Africa. Usually Africa's always about, when people put Africa in movies, it's always about showing um, hunger Come. and poverty. And Wakanda is a self-sufficient country that is hidden and most people don't know about. And the crazy thing about that was it's self-sufficient, but it's better red than most countries. Yes. Another thing that someone had pointed out to me recently was that Wakanda supposed, not someone pointed out, what am I talking about? Lupita said it in an interview. I'm over here, she didn't, she wasn't talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just suddenly remembered the interview I saw Lupita in. <laughs> me and Lupita was talking. <laughs> me and Lupita was talking, and what she told me, no. Um, in the interview, she said that Wakanda is an example of an uncolonized country. Someone who did, <laughs> let me just say that I use the word colonizer on a daily basis. An uncolonized, uh, a country that is free of the whole colonization that the rest of Africa, the whole, the slave trade, everything it's, it's, it's pure. So she said that 
it's an example of this country advancing. And the thing you have to remember is that, um, and I know about this because my minor in college is actually African studies and my professor who was the head of the department, he was Nigerian. And um, one of the things that he told me is that, you know, the people, the colonizers <laughs> who showed up in Africa and um, they, they looked at these people as, um, you know, primitive and they weren't. They didn't dress or look the way that um, the European people looked, but they had their own advancements. And that's what Wakanda is. If we would have left them alone and let them advance on their own and let them progress as they should have, this is what they would have been. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's a big moment. And it's cool to see African-Americans and Africans in such a great light in terms of like the technology in the movies is advanced far beyond our imagination. Oh, yeah. But not only that, it's that you see it's such a regal presence about everybody in the movie. Oh, yeah. It's royalty. These aren't just regular people, you know, and they, oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I'm looking at my list. I know I have like 3,000 things I want to talk about. The other thing I wanted to mention in regards to race, and it's a funny thing. What's the name of that character that uh, the federal agent or whatever he was that he ends up in Wakanda? Oh, you're talking about um, Agent Ross. Everett right. Ross. My favorite part about that character is his, his significance in this movie, which is nothing. So the thing is, so the thing is that the other problem with these movies is there's always this white savior complex, where yes, they might give a black character this major role, but at a certain point, they have to bring someone in to swoop in and and save them. Like they can't do it for themselves. And my favorite part about Ross is that. Um, <laughs> they try to emphasize that they don't necessarily need his help. I mean, he does end up helping out in the end, but it's he is one of many. It's a group effort. It isn't that without him, they would have been lost. You know what I mean? It, it's that everybody had to play their part. And you, you find that out when um, Black Panther's mom and Shuri take him to the mountains to see Mubaku. Uh, Mubaku doesn't even let him talk because they don't need him to talk. This is a conversation among these people. We don't need your explanation or whatever. And it's not, it's not needed. That's it. So he basically had like a real no purpose of just like laying around in the lab and <laughs> for most of the movie. But it's it's important that they did that. And you know, in the end, he he assists or whatever. It wasn't that they had anything against him. It's just that they could save themselves. Yeah, I think his character was great because, one, they made that character likable because in yes. Civil War, he wasn't likable. Right. And they, they gave him heart. They made him feel like, okay, you're in the, you're usually how, like, uh, for example, perfect example, that street Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was that, he, him and Ross are very similar characters in the sense where they go into a foreign world and they have to adapt to their environment. Right. And the cool thing about both of those characters in the movies was, they weren't the focal points of the movie. They were means to means to an end. Like for example, Steve Trevor ended up in Wonder Woman's world, and they ended up having to depend on Woman to Woman to help save his his world essentially. Right. So like, he couldn't have got what he got done 
without her. Yes. And Everett Ross ended up in this world because he was trying to track down Claw. Right. But he ended up getting in a world where he's literally over his head. And he was oh, literally yeah. almost he was literally useless to everything there. <laughs> he was until that one point where he essentially proved himself that he, he had some worth. I like his relationship with Shuri. Yeah, that was definitely cool too. There's oh, so man. many cool parts of the movie. The movie is just so well done because it's so many. It's it's a simple story, yet it's so complex in so many small ways. You're like, yeah. It's like once you watch, he's like, I have to watch this again because it's a lot of little things I just missed that are so cool about the movie. Then of course is all the stuff they took from um African tradition. You know, they basically picked things that were part of actual African nations, like um the uh the scars on Killmonger, the dance moves that they did, all of that stuff was all, the clothes are designed like certain African nations and, and they picked from different ones. It wasn't like they centered on, on any given one. And it gave it a very, um like an aesthetic that is um believable. Even the tribal fights, like in the, yeah. the movie, the fight and, and essentially, the one of the climax parts of the movie, the big fight, where they're like, oh, we're going to basically fight to see who's take, who controls this tribe. Right. Yes. And that's that's definitely taken from real African traditions. Amazing. And, and you know, like the masks that they wear and, and the, the actual spears that they had. And, um, I mean, it, it's so believable. Right now, and this is this is the argument that I want people to really think about, you really have to wonder at this point, where do you want to be? Wakanda or Zamunda? That is the question. That is as it I've been it's been fighting in my head ever since. You know, I'm a big Coming to America fan. I wanted to go to the viewing of this movie dressed as King Jaffe, but it didn't work that way. <laughs> but um My King Jaffe. Oh, I love him. His air, like the way he walks around, like, oh, I am the king. His wife. I want to be him. I want to have a lion on my side. It's oh, the lion is cool, yeah. What? His outfit is fire. <laughs> <laughs> I go for the gold. I love King Jaffe and Eddie Murphy, too. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. That's a great movie. I love coming to America. But one of the things that I loved as a child, when I, as a child watching the movie, the whole movie gave me this vibe of like, I, I loved that movie. It was funny. It made me very relaxed. But then you have this, the way they depicted Africa in this movie, animals running wild, but the, the purple sunsets, the same way it looked in Black Panther almost. And, you know, I, and I used to think as a child, I want to go there. I didn't know it wasn't real. And now I know it's real. It isn't real still, and I still want to go. I mean, you have to choose which one would you go to. <laughs> well, I can choose. I can choose straight up. I'll choose uh, Wakanda. 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 I don't I know, man. The reason why? Because Wakanda. I've said this before. Wakanda feels like Star Wars. Oh yes. You have you have these flying cars. You have these cool. Somewhat. It's like the, the subway. The subway system. It's, it's like so much technology that's cool. It's amazing. But I love that Zamunda has the, the animals like just rolling. It's awesome. Oh, uh, you know, and, and then somebody can bathe me or whatever. But then again, I wouldn't be king. So it doesn't. 
<laughs> I wouldn't get the benefits of Eddie Murphy guy. But, you know, that whole beauty. I don't know. I'd be torn. Maybe I could visit them. Yeah. I think they both have cool elements to them. Like I said, Wakanda feels like another, like almost like another world. Yeah. And Zamunda feels like I don't even know how you describe Zamunda in a sense where it feels like like it makes you feel proud and special when you go when you, if you were to go there. Yes. You, I agree. Its simplicity is one of the charms of it. Oh man, remember the royal wedding? I mean, yeah. everybody, tell me who in that royal wedding was poor, okay? Everybody ro- rolled up in their in their very fine silks and, and God knows what else wrapped around their head. I mean, they had fantastic outfits. It looked like a country that was prosperous. Yeah. They had a monarchy that was really taking care of the people, you know? Yeah. I, that's crazy when you think about it. Now that I think about it, coming to America was such a groundbreaking film that you really don't give credit to for that because it showed black people in such a powerful light. Yes. And then it has the the other side of it where Eddie Murphy's in Africa and he's in and it's such a awesome place. Then he comes to New York. And it's almost the opposite. Oh my God, it was the complete opposite. And it was so <laughs> so funny because it's kind of like, you know, he's trying to do the whole, you know, Prince and the Popper kind of situation where he wants to, like, um, you know, be poor so that he can find someone who likes him for who he is and whatnot. Arsenio Hall is like, I am not having this. The poor <laughs> is here is serious. They got rats in the running around in the, the room. <laughs> <laughs> It was just too much. They left their luggage out for two minutes. It got stolen. I actually watched Coming to America last week. <laughs> I haven't watched that in a while. I don't go too long without watching that. I'm a big 80s movie, so I have to like, and I go through moods. So I feel like a Coming to America mood. I got to throw that on. All right. So I, I think we're, we're on to our next. Now, the qu- next question I want to ask you is, actually, I want, all right. So Killmonger. Okay. I want you He's technically the villain, and then there's Mubaku, who is like an anti-hero or something like that, because he's not really a villain. I want to hear your thoughts on them. Excellent characters for not only what they do, but what they portray. Yes. As, as Killmonger is kind of this guy who was left out of the world that he be- he belonged to. Yep. Like Wakanda essentially turned his back on him. He yeah. never got a chance to have the riches of Wakanda and succeed. And maybe if he would have gotten as a child, he could have, instead of having to be T'Challa's enemy, he could have been his greatest asset. Right. But because of the situation that happened, <laughs> like I said, Wakanda, you can, you can make an argument that Wakanda, that Killmonger is Wakanda's biggest failure. Yes. Because they felt him. Yes. And it's like, and if his dad would have did what he did, maybe, like I said, it could have done so much. Wakanda, um, T'Challa and Killmonger could have done so much great together. Essentially because he's, one, he's part of their family. Right. The royal family at that. Exactly. And two, he seemed like 
he's such a bright person. Yes, incredibly smart. And they kind of like took away his hope because they, not only the fact that I want to see what happens, but the problem could have been solved. Yeah, This is something they could have solved, but they chose not to. And then on, on, the, on the other side of the coin, Ubaku is such a great character because of his simplicity. Yeah. He felt he, he came in the movie in such a boobastic way, but he was saying so, something that was kind of simple and powerful. Like, you guys have gotten fat and lazy, essentially. You, <laughs> you guys live on nothing but the technology, which is cool to have this technology, but you forgot the simple ways of life. Right. And that was his whole that was his whole gripe with the child. That's why he kind of wanted to be king. Because he was like, You can't even take care of your father. Right. Yet you want to take care of this country. I so mean both characters who Yeah, they really were. They were absolutely amazing. Um like I said before, and I'm a very I'm amazed by Killmonger as a villain. Um like I said, in uh, the other superhero movies, what they've always, what they have been missing, are villains that have a motive that it goes beyond "I want power." We're getting a little boring with that because it's it's almost like robotic. The villain comes out; they come from an, if they're an alien or whatever the case may be, they automatically want to dominate humans, and that's the only thing that they want, and that's the only thing. So they only have to defeat the person or thing <laughs> and that's the only thing killmonger is complex because you sympathize with him because you un because he's technically right and you know he's right but at the same time the way he's going about it is too negative a way it's almost like harry potter where people don't realize that harry potter's profile and voldemort's profile are the same they're both um they're both uh orphans who were neglected as children who realized, who found out they were wizards, who were sent to Hogwarts, which felt like a home to both of them. And from there, they both had to choose how they were gonna go on with life. Baltimore decided that the world had messed up on him and he was going to be all about himself. And he became a sociopath, <laughs> but he was gonna be all about himself. So. Harry decided, I don't have a family. I was treated like crap. I'm going to create my own family out of people I meet, friends, whatever. And that's the difference. What's the whole point of me mentioning that? Well, Killmonger. I've never seen Harry Potter, so you explain the movie better than anybody ever explained it to me. Yeah, that's that's the whole bit. And that's how you make a complex villain. They have You have to be able to understand them past them being evil because evil isn't believable anymore. You know what I mean? Um, so Killmonger is very, like, you can sympathize with his, with his cause. You just know that he's going about it in a way that is not right. And, um, the reason why I said the thing about the sentences, he has these lines and it, they blew me away because they're sentences and they're short and they basically, and I'm going to spoiler alert. I'm not really going to tell you because I can't remember the line exactly. The first line that he says that I feel gives you a whole background on him without us even seeing anything about Killmonger was when he's in the museum, goes to the museum, 
is looking at the African artifacts, talking to the, the curator of the museum, and he tells her, he's talking, he's asking her about the artifacts, and she tells him which each one came from. And he tells her that the last one actually came from Wakanda and was stolen by someone else and it's made out of vibranium. And um, then he tells her, don't worry about it, you know, I'll take it off your hands. And she's like, uh, this stuff is not for sale. <laughs> and he says, um, he's like, well, how do you think your ancestors took these? You think they did it fairly? Or they took it like they took everything else? And well, that's the that scene. So I want to get into that scene because that scene is a perfect assumption of estimation of what this movie's about in a sense. Because it, so right off the bat, right in the first few minutes, you saw how short the scene was, and they were able to tell you the essence of what Killmonger was about. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, because the scene was cool to me because when I first saw that scene, I thought to myself, that's pretty cool because it's a cool way to essentially tell you without telling you that hey. People been telling you. People who don't know about your history has been telling you your history your whole life. Yes, you're not necessarily right. <laughs> Where, like you, we go to schools and we just hear this one part of Black history in terms of okay, you guys were slaves, then you guys got here, and then you guys were dealt with slavery, segregation, and now you guys are okay. That's just what Black history tells you. Oh my God, it does. Everything is great now. And then when you that little one, that little one short scene kind of told you, like, uh, as she kind of copied, cocky and arrogant in the sense, explaining African American history to him, he's like, nah, you're not exactly right on this one. Yep. And it says so much because that's what we get every day. Yep. He's trying to tell us about our history. And a lot of times we don't take the time to actually find out if they're right. Right. We just accept their answer. Or right. we don't challenge it. It's refreshing to see somebody say, yeah, look at what you're saying is BS. And your people are not exactly clean with how they did things. Yep. And us living as America is not like I said, not to knock America whatsoever, because I love my country, but mm -hmm. we have a way of always making ourselves look like the good guys. We always do. And history always paints us as the good guys. Even like a, a good example of that is if you look at the war in Iraq. To a lot of people, we are the good guys in that war, but to those people who are there, who are experiencing the drone strikes and things like that, we aren't necessarily the good guys to them. No. And that's, it's cool to see the other side of that, those stories in a sense. It was that little one moment pointed out so much about history and how things go. That that one scene had so many things. Another thing that he mentions, which is, God, I love it. This is, uh, so, you know, Killmonger's issue being raised in America is also that he gets to see the oppression and, and the chain, the problems that the African-Americans go through. So he's very versed in that. And when you see this scene or whatever, the first thing that he mentions is, well, not the first thing, after he has that whole conversation with her, is, you know, um, instead of you guys being busy paying attention to what I'm doing, 
you should be paying attention to what you're drinking. And I'm not going to go into why, but the whole gist is that it was a black man who walked into a museum. And the entire time that he's there, he's being watched by security and the curator, which is the reason why she went up to him. And that's a very good point to point that out. It's a museum. What did they think he was going to do? Now, technically, he was there to cause havoc. <laughs> but, you know, upon observation, he looked like he was, first of all, by himself. And he was just looking at the uh, artifacts. But um, it was a very good thing to show you, you know, the type of stuff that people go through on a daily basis in a regular store. Where they come in and they walk in just to look around and someone goes up to them to ask them, you know, what are you looking for? Because they're concerned about them being in the store. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like um, that that scene was so powerful to me because it had so many different things. It also gave you that whole view of where Killmonger stands in his mind, the way he sees things. These people took from the Africans and place this in this museum. And I most likely will take this because I, it's not theirs. It's my ancestors. Yeah, the cool thing about his character was he was taught by the US government. Oh yeah. And they made him like that. Yes, yes. And he's skilled beyond means, which I didn't expect him to be, but he is. I thought he was just gonna be like a little bit psycho or something. <laughs> no, complete. I mean, like you know, like someone who who was driven by passion, just based on his background. So that was one line that I think showed so much. There's another line when he talks to like the tribes. He has a meeting with the tribes, and he says some information. But I'm gonna mention the line when he's alone with Black Panther at a certain point, and he says, uh, "Black Panther is basically negotiating with him and telling him, look." you know, we don't have to go about this this way. You know, you're, you're my cousin. We can work this out. We can do something with this. And he tells him, no, for you to lock me up, bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who knew that bondage, who knew that death was better than bondage. That line, my God, I almost left the theater. I almost left the theater. That is the most impactful thing I've ever heard. And my thing is that it it go that's like his arc right there. Like it shows where his mind was. You know what I mean? He he grew up in America, but he still had some of the um things that his father taught him. And he had a goal and a motive that people could actually go behind him and support. He just went about it the wrong way. That is an incredibly well put together villain. And I haven't seen one in a very long time, especially in superhero movies. Marvel has a few well-put-together villains. I think, I only think of, like... If I you know look at, if, Go ahead. Not, not necessarily in the movie atmosphere, because I think I think Loki was kind of one, but... I he, knew you were going to say Loki, because he's the most developed villain there is. But he's kind of not really a villain now, and it's kind of right. ironic and funny to say that. But... In terms of the Marvel villains, I think the only ones who kind of get even get close to Killmonger is um Kingpin from Daredevil. Right. Killgrave. Right. And surprisingly, I can't remember his name. From a Luke Cage. 
Marshall Ali's character? Um, wow. Well, he's gone now. Yeah, I can't remember his name either. Such a great villain. FYI, you just mentioned two shows. Yeah, the movies, movies. The movies don't really have it. I know. The movies just and, have Luffy. And, uh, and sort of Winter Soldier, but Winter Soldier's not really a villain. Right. He's he's like a Loki. Or better yeah. Loki. Yeah. Because I feel like Loki flip-flops. He's an opportunist. <laughs> yeah, he's an opportunist. And I think they've kind of painted, especially now, Loki's kind of like he has a certain charm to him where it's like you don't want to hate him. Exactly. You can't. You can't. He's so likable. And it's it's funny. You saw, of course you saw Thor Ragnarok. Of course. And and Thor at the end of the movies, this is a small spoiler for Thor Ragnarok. He's bringing Loki back and Loki's like, oh, what do you think these people are going to say that I've killed thousands of people when you're bringing back to Earth? He's like, I oh, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out essentially. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I liked um, when uh, Thor walks into the stadium to, I guess, fight Hulk. And uh, what you call it, Loki's sitting in the stands or whatever. And this one's over here saying hi to him. Loki looking like, oh, my God. Let me hide my face. <laughs> I don't want nobody to know that I know him. He's so embarrassing. I love that character. That character is amazing. Thor right now is such a great movie. Oh, such it really is. It really is. Um, and it's based on an actual comic, some parts of it. The oh, whole, whole don't, thing. Tell, don't tell Coach Mo about that. He hates the movie. He hates it? Did he read the comic? Is that why? Yeah, he's a big Hawk fan, and he hates the movie. Because it, it, it goes so far off of what the comic book was, he, he can't stand it. He can't stand it. I've seen that a lot lately. A lot of these. I was fine with it because I know they weren't going to be able to do the comic book, so I was cool with how they did it. Right. And I like the fact that they added a different element to the Thor movies because a lot of people's complaints about the Thor movies were that they were boring. Oh. Then again, you know, I told you I, I love superhero movies. I liked his movies, but they're right. I think this is better. I think this is one of the best Thor movies there is. Yeah, it might be the best Thor movie because. Mm-hmm. Everybody's complaining about Thor movie. They they didn't really have a direction towards them. It's that they put too much on the, the romance thing. Was it Natalie Portman that was in the other ones? Yeah, it was too much of the. That's how they split up his his timeline. It was kind of like the big problem, and then his love interest, and I was like, oh, great, boring. Yeah, but now we have all this different, so many different things going on. You have Loki going on over here. It was a mess. <laughs> So what did you think? Let me mention that to you since you brought your love interest. What did you think of T'Challa's love interest? Um, what you call it? What's her name? Nakia? Nikita? Nakia. Nakia. Is that her name? Yes. Oh my god, I love the women in this movie, which is another thing, another category that I was just looking at. Like, women have this huge representation in this movie. I didn't. I, I liked. The, the love interest, it, it kind of sparked this underground. You see how they made the whole love interest in Black Panther? It's completely different. It wasn't even like boring. It's like they have this big problem. They're both involved in trying to fix these things. And at the very same time, they're like trying to figure each other out and how to go about things in their complicated situation. So it was incredibly interesting. 
Yeah, not only that, the fact that she's literally her own independent woman, and the fact that they're the fact that small spoiler for the movie that they're not together is because she is that independent woman. Yeah, she doesn't want to sit on no throne and do nothing. She wants she her whole idea, her whole concept was we could be doing more for our people, and we choose not to. Yes, and she sees that we can spread out and do more. My thing. Let's go back into women. The women in this movie, oh my God. Great. First of all, the Dora Milaje, even though they obviously veered off the comic and what they represented in the comic, but my thing is a group of women protect the king, unheard of. I told someone, this is real, it wasn't a Lupita interview <laughs> that I imagined her talking <laughs> to me. I told a friend, of, my, my best friend as a matter of fact, I told him, um, I've never seen women represented in this way. I mean, have you, can you even name a movie that would show women with this much authority? And he was like, have you ever heard of Wonder Woman? I said, yeah, but there were no yeah. men in the, there were no men in the Amazon. So guess what? There are men in this movie and these women are not, they're not like, um, belittled. It isn't even like, it's like it's these completely they, different. Yeah. Because it's, in Wonder Woman, like I said, there's no men for one thing. Mm-hmm. And for two, it kind of changes when you get to America. Right. Whereas, you know, as soon as Wonder Woman gets to America, they're like, the, one of the first comments, which was a funny comment, was, how are people going to believe that she's a regular woman when she's so beautiful? Oh, yeah. Whereas in Black Panther, they come, when they come, their short time when they come, there. where was that? Was it Korea? Uh, South Korea. Was it South Korea? I said South Korea because that's, that's. I think you're right. I think it is South Korea. I think so. Damn sure it's North Korea. Remember, this is fictional. It could have been. <laughs> but um, when when they come, when they go, when they go to Korea, the part of Korea, it's like they're dressed up, and it's like and she. They're literally like, oh, I don't want to be in this outfit. They're essentially like they're <laughs> hiding who they are. In plain sight, and then when it goes down, they're like, "Screw this, we're getting an outfit." And then now they're holding down the fort. They're taking out every man in that building. Yes. Oh my God! And did you see what's it? Okio, Oki, Okio. How you pronounce that? Okoye. Michonne. Michonne is what I've been calling her the entire time. Between who else is it that I call them by the? By their um their other character's name, I can't remember who it is. There's somebody else that I call them. I refuse to call. Oh, on Gotham, uh, Malfoy from Harry Potter. He's the he's one of the villains from Harry Potter. He's in Gotham. Right? Is it Gotham or is it no? Look at me. The Flash. He's in the Flash. Okay. Uh, the blonde guy. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I can't, I can't tell you his name because I've never called him by it. I call him Malfoy. <laughs> So yeah, Michonne is over here, and and you know, two things about Michonne. First of all, she's the head of the Dora, and it's kind of like the strongest woman there. She's Black Panther's literal right hand man. There's no other way for me to say it. Right hand woman. She is a powerful force there. There's no type of like Black Panther doesn't ever say to himself, "Do I trust her covering me or helping me?" Never. It's like, to him, she is as trained as possible. 
and then there's the um her relationship where with the guy from Get Out. That's what everybody calls him now. <laughs> What's his name in the movie? I can't remember the name of the movie. Jaquati, Jaquati. Jesus, I can't remember now. Well, him. Matter of fact, what is his name? Because this is not fair. He, um, her relationship with him. What did you think about that relationship? I thought it was cool because the way it was done. I also thought it was uh, like I, we've had this conversation about the ending of the movie. I want to talk get into that, but I thought the way it was cool. She was the one in charge for one thing. She controlled oh, yes. the relationship without a shadow of a doubt. What she said goes, and it was it wasn't like in a way where his character felt weaker. Yep, it was done in a way where take me, baby. Exactly, she just was the <laughs> one who was such a badass character. God. The cool thing about her is that she was not only a badass, but she's honor bound. Yes. So even in the dark moment in the movie, she was like, I got to do what I got to do at this point. I can't just do the wrong thing because she's of that. Not, right. And my thing is, which is amazing to show her in that her relationship is a part of her life, but when it comes between her country and her position, and, and, and she takes great honor in both. And he is it doesn't even compete with that yeah cool any more main questions you got i got a couple things i want to go over and ask you too oh of course you can always my god you want me to be here all day look at that notepad <laughs> <laughs> you want me i had to write it down because i was like i'm gonna forget everything um okay so i got that um all right, so the funny thing is I heard a lot of criticism. Variations between Black Panther and the comics. Did you read the Black Panther comics? Yes, I do. I read um, the Tanahaji Coach books, and I read some of the Reginald Hunt books. And what is your opinion on the differences between the movie and the actual comics? There's such small differences, and not only that, it's just that um, you got to realize it's the movie. A movie has to have a different take on it. There's certain it things in movies you're not going to do in comics. Right. And likewise, you know. So I'll find what any of the small takes that people have. Do you, can you remember any of the ones that people are talking about? One thing is outfits, the clothes. All right, so Killmonger, I think that the closest to his original outfit in the comic was in the scene when... I don't even know what room that is. It's like a throne room or whatever. When he walks in there and his hair is not on top of his head, but he has it like, it looks like he braided it back. And he had. See, the thing about that is you're not going to get it all the way right because in the combos, Killmonger is huge. Right. Don't you dare talk trash about Michael B. Jordan, but go ahead. Man, wait, but like in the Kimbo, Kimbo is like six foot seven, six foot ten, and huge, like bulky. They all are bulky. Uh, Mubaku, like which, a WWE wrestler, right? Uh, wait, it'll be very hard to find somebody. Wakabi, get out guy is Wakabi, yeah, but it'll be hard to find somebody with that size and that girth to do that role. So then. The reason why they're talking about Killmonger's outfit is because eventually Killmonger 
when he in his fight scenes, he's wearing the gold Black Panther suit. So everybody's like, oh, that's a rat. You already know. I thought so, it was cool. I thought it was cool that you wore the suit. Now, this is the reason why. I th- yeah, it makes sense. And that's the most important part. Um, Killmonger's outfit looks more like, let me see if I can look at it. I can't remember. In the in the in the comics, Killmonger's outfit looks real casual, kind of like um, hanging out on the block or something. <laughs> it, it made sense for the movie because the movie alludes to that Killmonger's not only American but he's a flashy American. Yes, and when they showed the costume, this is also a small spoiler for the movie. Showed the costume early in the movie. What is the child's criticism of the costume was? Oh, it's too flashy. Oh, right, right. I remember that. That's why he didn't choose to wear it. Right. The Killmonger's all about that. Yeah, so I'm quite sure that character would want to wear that. So Killmonger's uh, outfit, uh, the, his, his clothing, well, he didn't have any clothing. It was a pair of pants, a skull necklace, and a skull belt. Yeah. And he, and he had like skull bands. So that's what he looks like in the thing. The reason why the Black Panther, the gold Black Panther outfit makes sense, and this is just a good point just to relate to people who get upset over things like this. It doesn't make sense. Black Panther's outfit has technological advances. How is it that he's going to go and fight the villain and the villain out there wearing a skull chain and a belt? Like, what kind of fight is that? They had to level him up in order to make it an even plane, you know? Yeah, they couldn't have just had Killmonger out there just no, with no shirt on, no outfit on. I would have had Panther. no problem. I would have had no problem with that. However. <laughs> <laughs> now, go ahead. Keep talking about me George's chest like you were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went to go see him. I love Michael B. Jordan. Um, but Mbaku right. stole the damn show. Winston Duke. Oh my God, that man is perfection. Perfection. There's no one else in this world. I mean, he is everything. I'm. I was watching like, who is he, and why have I never seen him before? And he apparently has been in a ton of stuff. So right yeah. now, everybody's gonna be following him to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, he looked great. But that was another thing that people were complaining about. Um, Mabaku, who is ape man, is technically dressed like a white ape. Yeah, like, I like the way they did his character. Uh, I like the fact that um, because ape man ape kind of has these tropes that were a little bit too tropey to put him in the movie to have the way he was. God, they were so. They kind of joked on that in a sense where the, the whole scene with Ross where he's like, oh, we're just messing with you. We're vegetarians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's crazy to think about like the, um, the comic book character got his powers from drinking eight blood. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fun to see them do that take on that character. Yeah. I, I like the way they, they actually made him look too. You know, the fringes made him look, you know, he looks like a warrior, but I think it would have been too corny to put him out there in a white ape suit. You know what I mean? He looks like the abominable snowman or something like that. The (laughs) Yeti. (laughs) 
a lot of a lot of the stuff that it looks good in the comics because the illustrators are so great. If you really think about it, if you were to try to put it into present day, it's so corny. One of the things yeah. that we we're, we were talking about was Wolverine. Wolverine in the yellow X-Men suit, if they would have ever done that for an extended period of time, it would have been laughable. It would have like a, a walking banana. <laughs> I think the best example of that is uh, <clears throat> Luke Cage. Right. If you put Luke Cage in that ridiculous ass <laughs> comics outfit. <laughs> like, what is this? I think if you watch all Luke Cage, of course, they kind of touch on it in one of the episodes. Yes, he's wearing the colors. Yes. And like, no, that wouldn't have worked for the show whatsoever. And it's crazy because when you're looking at the comics, it looks so cool. You yeah. have but if you think about the concept, putting them in Black Panther's suit is just, they can do so much with that. And they have, they don't even have to go away from it. It looks phenomenal. Okay. We're already on our second suit, right? Yeah. All right. So I got the whole ape thing out the way. Look at this list. <laughs> <laughs> Shuri, we haven't talked about Shuri. All right. Let's get into it. The head of technology is a female. They did a wonderful job. I want to say something about that. Mm -hmm. That one scene in the movie where she's driving the car. Right. (laughs) Does that technology, do you look familiar? No, why? Think about Guardians 2. I haven't seen Guardians 2. It's the oh, only movie. You went on a reference then. Mm. You got to see Guardians 2. Then when you see Guardians 2, come back to me and we'll talk about that. Okay. Because that, that scene, like I looked at that technology that she's using and it made me wonder, did, did she make that? Or did she get that from somewhere? Or did she give it to somebody? Right. Which, you gotta watch Guardians 2 to get the reference, what I'm talking about. Okay. I'll look at it this weekend. But um, I love her character. She is hilarious in a world where Black Panther is very much about, you know, being in his father's footsteps and being regal. He's like as as like serious as Obama. And she's the the jokester, she's the clown. <laughs> <laughs> That her character is there to show the human side of him. Yes. Whereas he's trying to be serious with everybody. With her, he can't be serious. You can't. <laughs> he's like, oh God. She's making fun of him. She's clowning him like you're not as cool as you think you is, essentially. Yeah. That's the sister's job, which makes sense. They did a great job with her. I also I love the fact that, you know, she does all this stuff with the technology. And based on what I read, um, she replaces him at a certain point, doesn't she? Yeah, she becomes a Black Panther. Do you think they're going to do a female Black Panther movie? Oh, God. I would throw myself out of a window just to see that. <laughs> they, could, they could. They probably should at some point. Either either do it, not necessarily do the whole movie, but have it a point in the movie where she becomes Black Panther for a good portion of the movie. Right. Because according to what I read, she was in and out of doing that. That was like her temping job whenever he went to America to be with the Avengers yeah. and stuff. Yes, exactly. 
So they could definitely do that for a little while. I know one of the things people were talking about was, um, I don't know if you heard about this rumor. They were saying that maybe Shuri could probably become the next Iron Man. Um, Riri? Yes, they, they were saying that she probably could become Riri Williams. Wow. Because it's kind of a similar type thing where Shuri's smart. Like, she's essentially Tony Stark. Right, she is. So maybe they could either bring in Riri Williams to replace Tony Stark or just have Shuri become Riri Williams. Right. Right. I haven't heard that. Wow. And people, people were talking about once they start seeing her with the technology and the fact that she's it's, she's essentially, for what they're showing, Tony Stark's sequel. Yeah. She's going to be with him next. I can't wait for Infinity War. And that's the question I wanted to ask you. It was a question. Okay. What will Black Panther's role be in Infinity War? Because this movie, they can't change it now for one thing. Because it's already coming out within a couple of weeks. Right. But less than a month now. But the reception for the character was so big. It's almost it's exactly like how it was with Captain America from Winter Soldier to Avengers 2, where when they made Avengers 2, Captain America was like, hey, I can't be the same Captain America I was in Avengers because Winter Soldiers has brought the game up so high for the character. Right. Like, you can't have me fighting the same way in this movie that I did in the first Avengers movie because in Winter Soldier, I'm kicking cats across the street with no <laughs> problem. So... And Avengers 1, Cap was kind of seen as underpowered. And, and with a soldier, they had to kind of brought it to another level. So when he got to Avengers 2, they had to give Cap that big fight scene with Ultron because Cap's one of the major Avengers. And it got to the point where you can't just ignore Cap anymore. Right. It's the kind of the same thing with Black Panther. Black Panther is such a badass now. He kind of has to have his own moments now. I don't. I don't know. All right. So once again, I I struggle. I mean, remember, I'm all for all superhero movies in any form. They could even the campiest ones. I'm all <laughs> for going out there and watching the terribleness. I don't think Infinity is going to be terrible. I hope it's not going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. They have, but if you see the picture, look at how many characters are on that screen. I don't. I know that not everybody's gonna have a major. I think Black Panther is gonna have, you know, hold his own. Um, I just have no idea how they're gonna put that together. However, what I was thinking about the question that I was when I saw like the trailer and whatever, how did they convince Mbaku to take part in Infinity War? Easy. I can figure that out easy because Thanos coming is probably gonna be bigger than any kind of conflict they could possibly have. I think Thanos, for what they're portraying it as, mm-hmm. Thanos is going to be a world-ending event. In terms of like, plus, one like of the every other movie, Marvel's movie we've watched, go ahead. No, but even bigger. <laughs> even bigger than the other world Marvel movie. In a sense where this is something that can't be ignored by anybody. Like, for example, usually the attacks on New York or London, like one central area. Mm-hmm. It seems like Infinity War is going to be kind of like maybe worldwide. They did that. What movie was that? Was it Fantastic Four? Probably. 
Nobody watched the Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> I know. God, they were so bad. But um, one of the rumors is that one of the Infinity Stones is in Wakanda. Oh, that would make sense. That's what they think that it's in the ground, and that's what's causing Wakanda to have such technology and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when they said the rock hit the earth in Wakanda, and that's how they kind of got the advancement and got uh, vibranium. But you know, Mubaku is bougie. Yeah, but <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be too bougie if Thanos comes with this huge army to try to destroy Wakanda for this for this Infinity Stone. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to his response when they invite him to do this because there's going to be a ton of sarcasm behind that, and you know it. <laughs> I th- it's the, the, it's so many things that's done right about the movie. And I think it seemed like from the Infinity War trailer, it seemed like Wakanda could play a big part of the movie. It could. So I'm happy to see that. And I'm happy they- for uh, Captain America's beard. Oh yeah, that's what? awesome. What? That beard is serious. I was like, yes, finally we have him not looking so much like the young. Cub Scout that he looked like before. You I just like the, the whole. I, I like the whole feel of Infinity War. Infinity War kind of feels like uh, an ending. Even right. though we know it's not an ending, it feels like it's like okay, this is what we've been waiting for. World War Three. Yeah, and I think I've said this before, but like Marvel had this kind of. Before the actual full trailer dropped of Infinity War, mm-hmm. they had like this little teaser trailer where they were showing like all the movies and stuff. They were showing like like each big moment and people reacting to the big moments. I got kind of misty eyed watching that because I was like, "Yo, <laughs> when these movies started, I was like, like Don't twenty something. Oh boy, gave out your age. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's calculating at home right now with the calculator. See. <laughs> First Marvel movie came out. <laughs> I was like, a, I was like, a, like a young guy, and, I, and now I have kids. The whole world, my whole world has changed, and now it's like such a the world has changed, mm-hmm. and we kind of grew with these Marvel movies. Like kids who were like five years old when Iron Man came out, and now in, in college, right? High school and college. So it's crazy to think about that. I've, I'm so negative. I've been saying that the Mar- that the movies, the superhero movies are aging me. I'm literally wasting away waiting for the <laughs> next movie. They give out Wonder Woman and then they go and they announce whatever. I want to see, um, what is it? Uh, there's a couple of movies coming out. Actually, they, they went and they added, there's like 30,000 movies coming out. Yeah, it's uh, this, this year? Oh, they're talking about the movies? Yeah, like, in general, they said that they were adding a whole bunch and everybody's trying to figure out what they are. And well, It's pretty simple to figure out which ones are which, in a sense. You know what else going to be a Black Panther sequel? Obviously. What's going to be Guardians um, 3, I think. Jesus. What's probably going to be a Spider-Man movie? Uh, the Flash is going to have his own movie? Yeah, The Flash was supposed to have his own movie. Yeah, yeah, but that, that was originally in the works, right? Yeah. So a Spider-Man movie, um, probably another Avengers movie, obviously. Right. I mean, there's a ton of movies that they've added. So I, I just feel like you guys are driving me crazy. 
<laughs> I'm aging with these movies because I'm literally wasting away Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. Which they announced like 30,000 years ago. I have no idea when that's coming out. 2019 is only next year. Yeah, I think it's supposed to come out next year, yeah. We keep on saying that. Oh, what we have to do is wait till next year. Next thing you know, you're 90. And you've wasted away waiting for these damn movies. It's crazy to think that we might get to the point where the bubble movies might last outlast us. Don't say that. Don't you dare say that. I want to see every last one of them. I'll be pissed. Of, we might be 90 <laughs> years old. Like, oh, it's time to go see Avengers 31. <laughs> I have no problem with that. My issue is if I pass away, I'll be in on an, an ICU telling them, leave me. Come on. One more week. <laughs> Next movie's coming out. Revive me. <laughs> I'll be so upset. You know what I watched this week? Totally off subject, but totally on subject. I watched Supergirl. How'd you like it? 1984 Supergirl. Oh, you watched the original. The worst oh, yeah. movie I have ever seen in my life, and it was so good. It was so good because it was bad. <laughs> you know those movies that are so bad they're good? Oh, the graphics were so horrible. Oh, I haven't seen it since it came out. Huh? You haven't I seen it? Neither have I. Neither have I. came out. But I'm always watching 80s movies, you know that, and I came across it when I was looking through the list, and I said, let me see. It is so bad. The The plot is horrible. This is my favorite part, because remember, Supergirl is supposed to be related to Superman, and she's like, yeah, you know, she's on Krypton saying, yeah, my cousin lives on Earth. Isn't the whole concept of Superman that Krypton exploded and they had to send him away? <laughs> what the hell are you doing on Krypton? <laughs> Speaking of which, did you hear about Krypton the show? Yeah, it looks like it's going to be good. It's going to be on my list. Definitely going to be on I'm my definitely list. I'm definitely going to watch that. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. So what are the things? Is there anything else, Black Panther? I can't think of any other main things about it I can think of off the top of my head. Is there anything on your list? You're talking to the wrong person. I could sit here all day. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question. What did you think of the, what did you call that? Um, the ancestral plane? That was cool. That was definitely cool. Beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it was cool to see that in the movie. It was very Mufasa-ish. Very Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought of. I said, wow, Simba's with Mufasa. <laughs> and they're talking. I, what else? I don't know. We touched everything. We both loved the movie. We definitely oh, did. We didn't talk about Claw. Claw. Did you expect him to... Have his... a nice day? Yeah. Don't say what you're going to say. I wasn't going to say it. Do you expect his relationship with Killmonger to turn out the way it was? Because that caught me off guard. I thought it was cool. After he did did what he did, I was like, yeah, he got to get got. (laughs) You know the people listening to this don't know what you're talking about. You just said after he did what he did, he got to get got. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he got to get got. He got to get got. The thing is that, yes, I knew he was going to get got. I didn't know he was going to get got like that. Like, I, I thought that I was going to be, like, his partner for most of whatever. 
And no. Yeah. I was like, wow. Call he was too. a fun character. He was. We they were a big spoiler, by the way, but they'll they'll be fine. He's <laughs> not even like the the main attraction either. Um he's literally a side character. Yeah, and his singing is marvelous. What's <laughs> <laughs> what is he singing? Is Baby, don't hurt me no more. <laughs> What is love? He sings it so well. I was like, wow, why did they interrupt him? He was such a fun character because he didn't take himself seriously. Right. And the one part where he did take himself seriously, it, it was cool. Like, he was so jokey-jokey until they were like, hey, you got to go back to Wakanda. He's like, what? Are you <laughs> crazy? <laughs> right. Right. Um... Yeah, Killmonger caught me off guard with that. And then Killmonger's girlfriend, I was like, damn. I would have fell for that, too. I would have been dating Michael B. Jordan, and I would have gotten got. <laughs> I would have gotten got. Like, oh, but we were in the plan, baby. What happened? <laughs> That's another thing. That's actually another thing that that emphasizes how how off the path um, Killmonger is. He has the cause. He wants to use this vibranium, this technology to uplift African descendants across the world. And that's, that's, that's not a bad thing. The problem is that he's willing to eliminate whoever is not with him. And he wants to go about it. The other thing is that he doesn't realize that that would, um, the reason why Wakanda has to remain hidden is because the world would um, eventually, you know, people are selfish and, and greedy. They would try to probably infiltrate Wakanda and God knows what would happen. But um, he was willing to go to all lengths, killed off his little girlfriend and everything. They could have had a nice little honeymoon together. You could have taken her nothing <laughs> off her. Like it was nothing. This one, thing, one problem I had with Killmonger's plan in terms of like. And that wasn't it? That what you didn't have a problem with him killing people. <laughs> uh, just, the problem I had with it, um, the fact that okay, let's say we got Wakanda going out there helping empower African Americans, the Africans across the world, the citizens right. of Africa across the world. Yeah, Wakanda's a rich country, but at some point, those resources are going to get depleted. Right. If you stretch them so thin. Right. And then what happens when you have Wakanda not around to help people anymore because you've depleted all your resources trying to stretch yourself out too far. And that's when Black Panther's going to be in the hood looking yeah. for a job, <laughs> walking around in a little suit, <laughs> broke. <laughs> trying to work at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? He didn't, he didn't look at the bigger picture of things. Yeah. You know what else caught me off guard? Sterling Brown. When I saw him on screen, I said, oh, Jesus Christ, did they just take off, like, every top black actor that, yeah, that is, like, like, buzzing right now? Like, they took every top actor that is buzzing. And if I was Edris Alba, I'd be pissed right now. What happened? If I was Edris Alba, I'd be pissed right now. What? I would. Why do y'all have me in this guy in this movie <laughs> when I could be a Black Panther? Every prominent woman black actor in this movie, and he's stuck with Thor. He is. He looks great in that movie, though. He was actually a Thor, too. 
it has nothing to do with anything of how he looks, but um <laughs> he uh what you call it, he must be tight. They put every like I was like, wow, Sterling Brown is in this movie <sighs> as um T'Challa's uncle. There's a lot of people in this movie. Um what my guy name is? We don't know anybody's name. Go ahead. Me and you be sitting here talking about what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Oh, black guy. One of the greatest black actors ever. And I can't remember his name right now. What did you say? What is he? He was a ghost dog. He was also in, um, he's in Star Wars Rebels. Because he was in Rogue One. Literally one of the most well-known black actors there is. And I can't remember his name right now. Uh... Oh, um, the one with the eye? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I read our description. Um, Forrest Whitaker. Yes, Forrest Whitaker. The That's one with the, the eye. The one with the eye. Yes. <laughs> um, who do we have? We have Daniel Kaluuya. Deny. I can't pronounce nobody's name. Lupita's Michonne. last name. Michonne. Thank you. <laughs> Lupita. Chadwick Boseman. Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Winston Duke. Such a great cast. Such a great cast. Uh, Angela Bassett. Why are we not even talking about the goddess? Yeah. She doesn't even age. She's the only reason why I used to watch American Horror Story. I didn't even watch it. I watched the first season and stopped after the yes. first season. Me and you discussed this and you you were you had every right. The first <laughs> season is the best season. There are some other seasons that are doable, but it has been I've watched like small amount of episodes each season just to see what they're doing and then I'd be like, all right, this is horrible. What else is in this movie? Yeah, they did a great job with the um casting and I got one question to ask you there. I just thought about it right now. No. Who should they bring in for the sequel? As a villain? Yeah, villain. I don't know Black Panther's villains. Other than okay. Killmonger and uh, Man Ape or whatever. Well, I have my opinion who it should be. And I think it would be the perfect villain for Black Panther 2. And what is that? I guarantee you know this person. Yes. Namor. Oh, that's a Black Panther villain? Oh, yes. He hates T'Challa. Oh. With a passion. I'll put it to you this way. The, the, the reason why I say they should bring him in because there's this prominent moment in the comic books mm -hmm. where Namor attacks Wakanda and floods it. It kills everybody. What? Yes. No. He floods Wakanda. That's a great. Imagine them doing that. Because um, he, he doesn't destroy uh, Wakanda, right? Essentially, he does. But they end up obviously getting getting it back on track again. But it's such a cool thing. It would be such a cool visual to see Namor. One, Namor's a dick. <laughs> right. He He's literally a jerk. He, he has it. 
Whereas Aquaman has always been this kind of fun-loving character, Namor is an a-hole. And he has this kind of like arrogance about him that would be the perfect what he's white. Mm-hmm. So it, him think coming they, he probably wouldn't make him white. He doesn't have to be white. Yeah, he doesn't have to be white, obviously. But mm-hmm. obviously, the, him coming into Wakanda as an outsider, it'd be like, yo, know what? I don't like you guys, what you guys are doing, or you guys are messing up what I have. I'm just going to destroy y'all. How does that affect his world? Um, It could. Because, you know, Namor's in charge of the sea. Right, right. You know, Wakanda's technological advances could be affecting his water in his area some kind of way. I forgot how it affected it in the comic books, but Namor does it's... not like T'Challa whatsoever. Oh. That's a great villain. So to have him be the guy who, like, you know what? And actually, what he can go hand he can go hand to hand with, with uh, T'Challa in a fight for one thing, mm-hmm. and for two, they both have huge armies. Right. So that that battle alone would be awesome to see. Just Namor's army coming out the water to fight T'Challa's army. Wow. And then the fact that he has the power to flood Wakanda would just be a cool visual. I already thought of it. But you know Shuri would come up with some technology to walk underwater. Yeah. I think he I think he would be a cool villain to have. I think you need to have the fact they they kind of allude to Black Panther 2 not having villains from Wakanda in a sense because now this is a spoiler for the movie. Wakanda's gonna essentially be opened up to the world. Right. So outside influences are gonna, gonna be able to affect Wakanda and essentially attack Wakanda. And I think people are going to start to see Wakanda as a threat. Right. So that's a lot of ways they can get into it. I think it's going to be very interesting. A lot of people are interested in the whole Storm Black Panther situation. Lupita said if they do that, she'll be, she's going to be pissed. Oh, that's right. We'd have to kick her out the way. Yeah, she's like, if they do that, they might well just make her character a villain. She does not want that to happen whatsoever. Damn. That relationship is strong. <laughs> <laughs> and Chadwick is my man. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could do the storm thing. I don't think they should. Yeah, me neither. Because they don't have the X-Men universe established. Right. So what's the point of bringing her in there just for Black Panther? Wait, wait. They, they think they have the X-Men Established, but they're doing the old the old stuff. Yeah, the, the Fox, the whole Fox thing, they should just get rid of that completely. Just now that Marvel's gonna start making X-Men movies essentially eventually, just get rid of the Fox. The one the storm in the Fox movies is too young for Chichala. Right. So it doesn't make sense. And I think in two in that X-Men universe, that, that stuff is happening essentially like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's a child's universe. It's 2018, so it would be too much grounding to explain. Right. So the best thing would be would be to come up with a new storm. And to come up with a new storm without the X-Men kind of doesn't make that much sense. You know, I just thought about Storm never had her own movie. Yeah, she should have. She should have yeah. had her own movie. 
Why are they coming out with this Phoenix thing coming out? That's later this year, I think. I don't, I don't even remember when it's coming out. I'm not excited about it. I'm not really a fan of the new X-Men. They're okay. I like the Apocalypse a little bit. But um, if they were to get rid of it, I wouldn't be mad. I think the best X-Men movie was Logan. So, Right. I agree. Even and the crazy thing about it is, I think Logan was excellent. The Wolverine was excellent. Um, Wolverine X Men Origins was terrible. Everybody hates that movie. But um, I wouldn't miss the X Men universe that much. They have good movies, but they have really bad movies. So it's not that much of a, a mess. Right. Um. I'm looking for. I have to fill up my calendar to see all the stuff that I'm gonna see. It's just they're so spaced out. I feel like I go months without seeing a movie that of of interest. Well, your your maze gonna be horrible, right? Affinity. God, they moved Affinity War out of May. They moved it up to April, right? April twenty seventh. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was excited. I think they may have been um in conflict with what's coming out of May. Solo's coming out in May. Deadpool's coming out in May. And it's something else coming out in May. Some, another other big movie coming out in May. Wait, no, it's two more big movies coming out in May. I can't remember which ones it is. Oh. But I know, I know for a fact Solo was supposed to be two weeks after Infinity War. And Deadpool is like a week after Infinity War or something like that. Right. So each week had a summer blockbuster. Can't wait to see Solo. I think it's going to be good. Me too. Donald Glover needs a vacation, though. You can't be Childish Gambino, do Atlanta, doing all this stuff. That man is so, like, it's not even like he's a mediocre musician. He's, like, doing great in Atlanta. He's Lando. And at the very same time, he's out here singing and doing everything. I can't. He needs a vacation. Oh, and he's been, oh don't forget, he's making a Deadpool cartoon series. He is. Yeah. He's executive producer of the Deadpool cartoon series. For I don't have time. I don't have time for Donald Glover. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, though. He's amazing. Yeah, Solo is what I'm looking forward to, other than Infinity. Deadpool 2 should be good, too. Deadpool, I imagine, um, is going to be fantastic. I loved part one. And I don't. I expect nothing but the best. Who's going to be the villain in this one? I don't know. They keep just talking about the X-Force, so I don't know who's going to be the villain. They picked the perfect Deadpool, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Why do you look like the Emperor right now? I look like, I look like the what? She looks like the Emperor from Star Wars now. She has this big old... Oh, thing. yes! I've been, I actually was going to tell you that from before. I look like the Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that when I first got out, I was like, oh my God, and I look so damn pale in this light. <laughs> so let me let me review. Yes. Look at the list. Any more things to talk about with Black Panther before we go? No, I think we got everything. This big old Bible. <laughs> yeah. I went and I did a list. Uh Yeah, this is it. All right, then.
You want to close us out? Don't, this is your show this week. The, the, I am not. The, this is not the Erica Cox experience. This is the Delphic Cox experience. <laughs> um, yeah, that was it. I loved Black Panther. I'm looking forward to the next one, the sequel. I hope that more movies like this show up. More movies where, ah, that's another thing, where we can see, you know, um, people of color and, and, and sci-fi fantasy kind of uh, scenarios because usually they're in other, you're either in the hood in Compton or you're having a dinner with five different families and somebody's pregnant and nobody, it's always the same movies. We need more <laughs> sci-fi and fantasy people of color. Yes. Well said. I I can't even talk that. Good good job. <laughs> As always, Delva Cox Spears, we are out. Peace. Hey y'all, it's Baylor the Great, letting y'all know about my show, BTG for President, dropping every Thursday. A part of the Rare Signage Network. Go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher. Better yet, just type in BaylorTheGreat.com and experience the pure Baylorism from my opinions being better than your facts to my strategic plans on becoming the next president of the United States. You know, I'm giving y'all the no-nonsense from the Southern California perspective. You know, the same place where Ricky and Kane got shot. That's BTG for president, a.k.a. the professional Californian. This episode is made possible by PwC. The future calls for digital transformation you can trust. That's why the new equation is business-led and cloud-forward, using secure technologies to drive tax-efficient solutions for today and tomorrow. It's how people and technology work together to transform transformation. See how the new equation is building trust and security with the latest tech at thenewequation.com. Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's partner plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Nutrisystem, Inc.